Welcome to Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine, where you give us four minutes and we give you a great listening recommendation. I'm Michelle Cobb, publisher of Audiophile, and this week we are talking about our lists of 2020's best audiobooks. In today's episode, I'll talk about the history and biography audiobooks and visit with narrator Sean Pratt. So here are our selections for best audiobooks in history and biography. Odetta by Ian Zach, read by Rosa Howard. The Yosemite by John Muir, read by Nick McArdle. His Truth is Marching On by John Meacham, afterward by John Lewis, read by J.D. Jackson and the author. The Splendid and the Vile by Eric Larson, read by John Lee. The Quiet Americans by Scott Anderson, read by Robertson Dean. And Hidden Valley Road by Robert Kulker, read by Sean Pratt, who joins us here today. Hi, Sean. Hello. How are you doing, Michelle? Good. So can you tell us a little bit about what this audiobook story is? This is an examination of the history of schizophrenia uh, through the ages of how it started out as, you know, people thought people, uh, people suffering from this disease were, you know, possessed by demons. And then over time, how medicine came in and the conflicting theories about, was it purely a, a, an emotional disease or a, a chemical disease or a brain disease or whatever? And their struggles to understand the nuances of this, uh, this devastating disease. And in, the author, Kolker, brought it into a much more personal, intimate description of that by examining this family based in Colorado where they had five adult children, all male, of the 10 children in the family who presented with full-on schizophrenia as adults and how it fractured the family apart and the struggles of the, the whole family, not only the, the children suffering from it, but the, the family itself and then, of course, their friends and the wider community. So it's, it's this you know, decades-long story that he uh, dug into in the process of examining the the medical condition that we call schizophrenia. I'm sure this book was a challenge because you really had to delve into a lot of science, but I was impressed at all of the emotional connectivity you gave to the characters of the story. So how did you navigate those two very distinct items? One of the things that I tell my students uh, since I teach nonfiction narration is I always remind them that when it comes to the science or the thing, the hard data that the author wants to get across in their topic or the subject they're examining, is it has to sound effortless coming out of your mouth. Because the, the slower or clunkier it sounds coming from me, it makes the author sound not very intelligent. So it has to sound effortless. So I had to spend a lot of time making sure all of those, all that nomenclature just rolled off my tongue. And it was not easy. There's a lot of big words, big ideas that just have to sound effortless. And so there's a certain level of just narration technique involved in that. And then on the other hand, we have these really emotional scenes where people are describing these terrible things that happened to them or that, you know, were, were done to them in the process of the book. And, you know, it can, it can be very affecting. There were a lot of moments when I had to stop the recording. Uh, with Christina Rooney, who was my director, just to take a breath and get myself back on track because my voice was breaking or I was, you know, it was just, it was, it was just too much at moments. A lot of gasps and sobs and 
other things were, were not on the final recording because I had to edit them out for that reason. Interesting. So now you teach nonfiction audiobooks and, and how to have success with that. What do you tell your students are the key things for achieving that great recording with nonfiction? What I tell them to do is the cornerstone of it is to, to make it actable, to make it personal. And the shorthand term I use is TED Talk. Narrating nonfiction is like giving a TED Talk. So I am the author as an archetype. So I'm Mr. Coker, not literally, but like I said, in an archetypal way, uh, the expert on that topic. And then I give myself a physical location to be in, someplace I know. It could be an auditorium, a classroom, whatever works. And then the audience, and it's always an audience, it's not to one person. I, I narrate to a group of people in my mind. Um, that audience is always keenly interested in finding out about my topic. And the reason why I say an audience is it helps me maintain a sense of energy, drive, outreach to that group of people in the room. I found for myself, when I try to think of narrating just to one person, it gets too intimate. and It, it sometimes slows down the read. And if there's one thing that I harp on for myself and my students, it's about drive and tempo within nonfiction narration. That is a new technique. I've not heard of someone actually picturing an audience. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, it's from the years, well, I grew up in the theater, and I know from my own experience, it's much easier to do a great show when you have a houseful, you know, leaning into the, you as a performer, just, you know, waiting for uh, the next word to come out of your mouth, as opposed to picturing just one person. It just, some subjects need that sense of expanse, in my opinion. The only ones that sort of change that are when you're doing uh, a book in second person point of view like a how-to or a self-help book, because those are meant to be interactive with that one person. So you switch. One of the challenges of nonfiction, especially with those, is we often deliberately switch POVs from first to second or third to second. And it's when they switch into the second person that it's meant to be interactive and more personal, a little more quiet in the read. I had an instance of that uh, a couple of months ago when Paul Allen Rubin directed me in a book uh, for Random House. And there was a deliberate switch from that first person POV, I'm the expert, I'm going to tell you how to do this, to the second person of you, we. So it's like, here are some questions you need to answer that we will help you with. And so there's, so there are exceptions to that, like I said, just in that kind of interactive. But yeah, generally speaking, it's always to a group of people. Well, before we listen to a little clip of this, is there anything that surprised you about recording this particular audiobook? I would have to say the subject matter itself was so surprising. It was so shocking to see the struggle that all these, this family went through and that it was relentless. And I was just shocked at their sense, or for some, for most of them, their fortitude of surviving it. Not all of them did. Not all of them did survive this. And so it was a very, very human, very immediate and intimate story that the author was able to to write. And so I felt this is one of those things that happens when you get a really good piece of material. You pull out all your bag of tricks and knowledge because you, as a narrator, want to rise to the quality of the material itself. And so, yeah, I was surprised by the the effect it had on me as a person just having to perform this piece. Hmm. 
Well, let's listen to this little bit from the audiobook about the second son, Jim. There was another reason why Kathy wouldn't leave. She had started to notice that Jim seemed tormented by something that had nothing to do with her, something that made her almost feel sorry for him. He would hear voices. They're talking to me again, Jim would say. His voice tight with emotion, he'd describe them. People spying on him, people following him, people at work conspiring against him. Jim stopped sleeping. He spent his night standing over the stove, lighting a burner and turning it down, and then off, and then lighting it again. In these states, he would act impulsively and violently, not toward Kathy or their son, but toward himself. I have to say, this was not a short book, but I really hung on to every moment just for reasons like this, these little details about what was going on for each person. Absolutely. Yeah, it, you'd be going along, and, and what, he, what he did in the book that I loved was he would, we would stay, stay with the story of the family for a while, then he would pull out and give us a broader scientific medical perspective on how the understanding of this medical condition was growing with experience over time, different uh, philosophies about it. And then he would tie that back in, back into the story, and then suddenly we're plunged into these moments that can only be described uh, to me as just being, I want to say horrific, but that sounds like a, a horror movie, but it was just relentless. And I felt so much empathy and sympathy for this family. I at times, I will be honest, you know, it took us, I think, five or six days to record the piece. And there were times I would finish and I would, <laughs> it was time for a bourbon because I was done. I was mentally and emotionally drained. And uh, it was, it was, but it was worth it in the end. I'm, I'm really pleased with how this performance ended up. I usually don't listen to my own material. Having done over a thousand audiobooks, I would rather take a beating than listen to my own voice. <laughs> but every so often, but every so often you do a book and the content is so compelling. You say, I want to go back and listen to that story. And I recently went back and listened to it and it was just as affecting. Just the story was just as, as affecting when I was narrating it the first time. Well, we certainly enjoyed it. So thank you so much for joining us today, Sean, and congratulations on having one of our best audiobook picks. Thank you very much, Michelle. I appreciate it. We've been talking about Hidden Valley Road by Robert Kolker with Sean Pratt. This is a very special best of the year edition of Behind the Mic with Audiophile magazine. And today's episode is brought to you by Oasis Audio, publisher of Dust, the first in the new Heirs of Neverland series, a dark and dramatic take on the classic story of Peter Pan. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, join us again for more chats with narrators on some of the best audiobooks of 2020. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate and review us on Apple. It helps people find us. The full list of Audiophile's best audiobooks can be found at audiophilemagazine.com. I'm Michelle Cobb. Thanks for listening. Thank you.